and then finally it was time to get out on court and they put me on court seven or eight which was a small court but like a big stand like yeah, so yeah. there could be a few people and I remember like having my headphones in and like walking onto court and like the people were so loud cheering that I couldn't even like hear the music like I was like and my legs didn't want to walk <laughs> I had to tell myself, like, left, right, like, just, like, just relax. It's all good. Like, they're all here for you. Like, enjoy this moment, you know. This is what you've worked for. And, like, this is, like, but it's just so tough. You've got so many emotions, you know. Like, my heart was racing and I was like, oh, my God. Um, Yeah, and then stepped out on court and Ilya Marchenko was like, Hello, welcome to another episode of Going Pro and it's been a big week for us. This is our third podcast with a professional player who's down in Adelaide for the Playford International and we have Omar Jessica today. I met you maybe a couple years ago when you were just starting to get the wheels in motion of playing again. <laughs> yeah. You were uh, maybe a little bit pudgy. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, I was a uh, bit of a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were rolling around those courts. <laughs> Um, yeah, you were having a good time, but then, yeah, you started to really flick that switch to get serious again, and what you've done in the last couple of years has really shown that, and you, you're starting to really progress. So you have a current rate ranking of 273 in the world. You've had a career high of 217, and that was at quite a young age, right? Yes. Um, 18 or 19? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, huge achievement as a junior. You won US Open Juniors. Which was, which was crazy, which I want to get stuck into. But um, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Dude, I want to talk about your junior career first and foremost. So were, were you always a top junior in Australia? Kind of when did things start to get really serious for you um, uh, in your junior career when you start to realise, like, hang on a minute, I, I'm actually like around the mark here and playing some pretty high-level tennis in Australia? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't play too many junior tournaments, to be honest. Um, because obviously that required you had to travel and play all year round, so I didn't really play too many juniors. But I, um, yeah, I think we travelled as a like as a team. Um, there was probably like three or four of us, um, similar age, like me, Mark Polmans, Jake Delaney. Yeah. Um, there was one more guy, but he doesn't play anymore. Um, so we all travelled as a as a little as a little group. Um, and yeah, and then we just started playing those grade A junior tournaments and all that stuff, and started picking up points slowly. But like. Every time we went overseas, like these guys were like would tear us apart because it was so good. It like really opened up our eyes, like how good these European guys are, and especially going to the clay as an Aussie is like, you know, it's not really um, our favorite surface. But yeah, every time we got we went over there, it was actually a bit of an eye opener. So every time we came home, it would make us train even harder, and then we would go back, and then we'd come back, and then go back. So mm. yeah, didn't play too many junior tournaments, but um, yeah, I played um. A few of the slams. Actually, I've played all of the Grand Slams, Australian Open Juniors, uh, mm. French Open Juniors, uh, Wimbledon Juniors, and US Open. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the best one I did was the US Open, mm-hmm. which was my last ever junior tournament, I told myself. So it was actually really nice to finish on a, on a high note, winning the singles and doubles. Mm-hmm. That was the week of my life. So, um, so yeah, that's a bit of my let's junior. Go sh- let's go straight into it, my <laughs> yeah, man. Let's, do it. let's get stuck in. Let's so tell us, give us some, um, paint a picture of that week how that unfolded why do you think that kind of unfolded uh, that way 
um, the experience, the emotions, how you came back after something yep. like, like that too? Um, well, leading up to that, I was mixing um, the juniors in with a few future tournaments. So I was sort of playing high level and um, I was playing juniors. And me and my coach decided that I was my game was ready to step up to the futures and US Open was going to be my last ever junior tournament. Um, and I was playing pretty good tennis, but all year it was sort of up and down for me. Not really, uh, not too many good results. But um, leading into that week, I was pretty relaxed and obviously think anything to it. And um, there was a, quite a good, there was the, the players that were in that tournament, like the high players now, like you had Sverev, you had Rublev, you had TFO, like all these big dogs there, you know. So, um and Fritz and all those boys. But, yeah, going into that tournament, didn't really have any high expectations. And um, played my first round. Um, I can't really remember who it was. And then I played Jared Donaldson. We used to use top 100 for a little bit. Um, played him second round. And then um, played someone in the third round. I was down match points. And then as the tournament went on, I sort of felt a bit more confident. And I was winning the doubles as well. Um, and, yeah, just kept pushing and then... In my semi-final, I actually played a German guy, Jan Chowinski, which plays for uh, Eng- uh, Britain, Britain now, I think. Do you know him? No, I don't. Yep. So anyways, he uh, pulled out against me after the first set due to heat because it was super hot that week, super hot. Um, so he let me le- rest a little bit for the final. Um, and then me and a Japanese guy that's actually here, Naoki Nakagawa, mm-hmm. we won the doubles titles together. So, yeah, and then won the singles and doubles that week, and that was just, like, extraordinary for me. Like, it was just a big week. There was so much going on, and I was so young, so I was just thrown in the mix of it. I went from um, entering that tournament at 34 junior in the world, and I came out at 6 junior in the world. So, obviously, those are quite a lot of points for me to win and finished my junior career at number 6 in the world, which I'm pretty stoked with. Mm, that's crazy, man. Today's podcast sponsor is Electric Road Agency, who were formerly 4RT. Now, if you want a team of strategists, designers, producers, creators who drive stories to tell your advertising and marketing needs, these guys are the best in the business. They've been extremely influential for us at ATA. They've driven our media game forward to new levels that we never knew that were possible. And they've done it with countless brands, big, small. It doesn't matter what the size. They just love telling your story. So they specialize in health, wellness, fitness, tourism, construction. And they are just the best in the business in creating adaptive solutions to find how to tell your brand or how to discover your brand and tell that story. So highly, highly, highly recommend these guys. And if you want to get in touch, please go on Electric Road dot au or search the instagram handle electric road agency and they will answer your email your call your dm and they'll be in touch and they'll be able to tell your story very well what was that final like did you have a big crowd was it what was the kind of like experience of in that final match and then the feeling when you won yeah um yeah like there was so much going on it's just like it's tough to really remember bits it's just like bits i remember but Almost like I a pl- blur. Yeah, it's just almost like a blur. But I played Quinton Halley's, a French guy. Yeah. He's about 50 in the world now, or 60. Um, he was up a set. I was super nervous. I remember that. I was up a set. And, sorry, he was up a set and 5-4 serving. So oh. he was serving for the match. <laughs> no way. And he got so tight. Like, just tight. It's tight as a drum. And I broke him. And then you could just see things. The momentum changed a little bit. Um, won the second set, 7-5. 
and then the third set i think he was just it was a bit of he was just super nervous and i don't know what happened he's just sort of rolled over a little bit and i won the third six two i believe mm-hmm. um and i was just i just gained another gear in that third set because i just felt like it was like another chance at this match you know just yeah. being it down a set and break and yeah i was just just all over the third um and yeah the the night before i won the doubles final yeah um so yeah it was just it was just a big high all week amazing has anyone done that before singles and doubles us open i think someone did but it was like 34 years ago or something like that yeah. so it was quite a it's quite a big who big cares about them yeah i've yeah. already forgotten about i them. actually don't even know who what yeah, i don't see, know exactly. who it was <laughs> all i know is omar won it yeah. amazing so like were you getting coverage that week where people started to like know who you were and getting were you getting traction from media and was that the first time of that happening yep yeah so what happened was after i've won um i had the the morning show message me saying that they're in new york and they want to do an interview the next morning is in the australian morning show yes australian yeah. morning show yeah, yeah um so i thought i'd i would agree to it and do it but i don't know what was going on like there was just so much happening and um i yeah but they were doing it at like 6 a.m seven o'clock in the morning because there was the time difference and all that stuff so they wanted to time it um so i went and did that um which was epic it was so awesome to do that at such a young such a young age and i can't really remember what i said i'm pretty sure like i was it was pretty bad for me just so nervous like the first time i've ever done that you know so but it was a good experience you know it was it tighter was... than halley's serving <laughs> for the match <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, then obviously I've gained, a a lot of traction out of that. And obviously I had people reach out to me and started working with a few little brands. Um, mm. and yeah, it was awesome for me. Did that get to your head at that time? Cause you're so hard at that age when something like that happens to not let it get to your head and just stay humble and grounded and just keep getting to work and not think you're, yeah, the, you're it's, God's gift. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's. It is super hard because like you just, you know what's going on, but you also like, because I think the media obviously just like pump you up as well. So it's just like hard to like, you don't realize it at the time, but looking back on it, I was like, fuck, like, it was, excuse my language. No, Shit, no, I should you, be no, you're okay. You're okay. Um, but like, I felt like I was so, not arrogant. I was confident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just something you tough no. to really control. Like, I don't think there's nothing wrong with being confident. Yeah. Cocky. You have to be in the tennis space. Yeah. Just a little bit, a bit, a bit of confidence in life is, doesn't hurt, you know? Yeah. Well, that would have been the summer of Omar. <laughs> yeah. Great summer. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, was that the debut into the Australian Open? <clears throat> um, that from that US Open experience, then you, then did you get a shot at the Aussie the next year? The wild card. I think I did receive a wild card for the Australian Open that year. Um, and I th- I've got to fact check that, honestly. But I think... <laughs> Deal. Can we get a fact check? I Omer, think so. Omer's 2015 first. Australian Open. Would that be right? Because I won it 2014 US Open. Yeah. So 2015. Could be completely wrong here. Or was it a year after? So This was like so long ago now. Yeah. You're a little bub. Mate, this was ages ago. No, no. go. It, it says... God doesn't play tennis. US, <laughs> US Open junior champion Omar Seeker won't play in the Australian Open after failing at the last stage of qualifying. Oh, playoffs. Yes, wildcard playoffs. Yes, okay. so, yep. so it must have been the year after. Okay. So I played the wildcard playoffs, didn't get a wildcard that year, mm-hmm. but the year after I did. 
Yeah. yeah. And won a round. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we used to have this wildcard playoff tournament, I'm sure you know, at the end yes, of the yeah, year, yeah, yeah. which was a tough time for all of us because it's it's when we really want to rest. It's like uh, pre-season for us, but it's best of five. And yeah, I was going to say these huge matches. Yeah. You've got to win quite a few as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, best of five sets and also, but the winner does get obviously a wildcard into the Australian Open. So mm. it's it's tough not to play it. Um but yeah, it's just a bad time. They don't, they haven't had that for a few years. Yeah, so, they, so they scrapped that. What was that? Because it was too brutal. I actually what? don't know what the what the reason was behind it, but I think it might have been. I mean, I think it was COVID as well. Yeah. Um, but also because yeah, I think players were sort of complaining that it was just a bad time to have it on and best mm. of five sets, and it's probably not ideal mm. um, for everyone at the end of the year. Yeah. Do you, uh, Do you remember your 2015 after that 2014 US Open win? What happened in that next year? Because that would have been all just uh, futures, yeah, mostly it, futures, I'm guessing. Yes, it was futures, and I probably think it was a few challenges, but not too many. Um, but yeah, it was just futures going, trying to make that transition. Yeah, which was it was it was difficult. You know, it's it's a pretty big jump from juniors to our futures, um, and all those players, obviously, in the juniors were all transitioning as well, and everyone was getting better as well. So it was just a bit of a dogfight that whole year, and. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I finished the year at in 2015, to be honest. But yeah, that year was it was a bit of. <laughs> you got to be on on the keys, man. Like you got to be just ready to go. If he doesn't remember something, man, you got to be there ready My to strike. My memory is so bad though. Like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, ranking end of 2015, Omar. Yeah, were there any key moments from that time that you remember? Just like after. Um, that helped you kind of like transition before you started to get those looks into the Aussie? Um, I just knew I needed to get a lot stronger and uh, fitter because obviously when I played these Futures tournaments, I was pretty young. Yeah. So the everyone was a lot stronger than me and obviously making that transition, these are the things I had to mm-hmm. take into consideration. But it was just more of like a learning process for me. Like I was okay with losing and making that transition, but it was... It was fine. I didn't really... I enjoyed playing higher up. And, yeah. Um, I mean, these guys were teaching me a lesson, but I was still learning along the way. Yeah. Which because was the main thing. Yeah, the athleticism from the juniors to the futures and then even again at the challenger level was just... It's just the whole jump. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the athletes at the challenger level are so much better than the future level. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. just being a little boy trying to transition yeah, up, exactly like right. you get kind of ragdolled and manhandled exactly. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Do you have that deal? Ranking? So end of year 2015, you were 308. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Is that edited or? Can't, can't remember how I did that, but like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, it says 2014, 555. 2015? Yeah. Yeah. 2015, 308. That's unreal. 2016. That guy's unreal. <laughs> 369, so you went up a bit. Yeah. But then nothing until 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Talk us through how that first Aussie... <laughs> took a break. <laughs> yeah, just took a break. Talk, talk, just did play. Talk us through that first Aussie. Um, how did that come about? And then your experience... Because you did two? No? Or one? Two, just one. one sorry. D- two main draw Australian yes, weapons? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one, I... I think I won the playoff. I actually don't remember what year I won the playoff. Can you just double check that? <laughs> Like, just like, give the laptop over. like we'll just keep the laptop yeah. this guy's working overtime <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wild card playoff Omar Jaseka yeah winner winner 
yeah, take that. Yeah, sorry, my. It's just because everything's such a blur. Yeah. So I just don't know the actual. <laughs> In December, Jessica won the Australian Open wildcard playoff, earning him direct entry into the 2017. Oh. <laughs> That's a few years after. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we'll go to the first Australian Open. Yeah. Uh, first Australian Open, I yeah, won wildcard playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I had a whole month to prepare for the Australian Open because you win it obviously in December and then January 15th is the Australian Open. So I had all this time to get ready and put in a pretty good training block um, leading up to that. And I actually, the playoff was, for me to win that, I had to beat some really good players like um, Chris O'Connell, um, JP yeah. Smith in the final. Sydney Morning Herald says, <coughs> rising star Omar Jaseka has demolished Chris <laughs> O'Connell. <laughs> Sorry, Oaks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had to beat some good players to win that um, Oh yeah, I was actually My first round against Marinko Matosevic mm. I was down two sets to love and a break First round of the wildcard playoffs So I, I honestly just thought in my head This is done Like, So then I came back from two sets to love And I beat him in five <laughs> So I had a lot of, yeah There was a lot of time on court um, And then all week I just played better and better and better and yeah got myself a wild card and then um like i said had all this time to get ready to prepare and then um i the draw i remember the draw coming out not a few days before the night before and i was watching it live and i was just like hoping not to play one of the big dogs you know and then uh the draw i ended up playing Ilya marchenko okay yep which first round which i didn't really know too much about him so i just i thought i would get on the computer and just look at some stuff look at some results from him and he just beat Ferrer like the week before the show opened. And I was like, shit, here we go. Like, <laughs> this is going to be tough. Um, and then the day of, I remember, like, I was pretty nervous. Like, couldn't get to bed really. I was just so amped to get out and play. And warm, I remember the day of, I warmed up. Warm up was fine. Um, and then finally it was time to get out on court. And they put me on court seven or eight, which was... A small court, but like a big stand. Like, yeah, so yeah. there could be a few people. And I remember like having my headphones in and like walking onto court and like the people were so loud cheering that I couldn't even like hear the music. Like I was like, and my legs didn't want to walk. <laughs> I had to tell myself like left, right, like just like, just relax. It's all good. Like they're all here for you. Like enjoy this moment, you know, this is yeah. what you've worked for. And like, this is like... But it's just so tough. You've got so many emotions, you know, like my heart was racing and I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, and then stepped out on court and Ilya Marchenko was like looking at me like this. He's like this pretty big guy. And he was like, this guy looks like he's going to eat me, you know. <laughs> um, and then we started and I I started off pretty nervous. But the time by the time I got into the match, it was actually right. The crowd was obviously on my side, which helped so much. Um, and then I won in four sets. I won in four sets that match, and that was just a game changer. That was just one of the best moments of my life, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how that match played out? Yeah, well, I don't remember the scores. No idea. Um, but I, yeah, just like, I just sort of was riding the wave. It would have been heaps of adrenaline. Yeah, so much adrenaline, and I was just riding the wave, and the crowd was just helping so much, and just like, it was just so enjoyable to be out there, and mm -hmm. I was loving life. Um, but yeah, these are the moments you actually work for, you know, and where you want to be. It's just, 
so much fun 100 percent. that's sick and then after you had a huge match right yep and then biggest, af- that's biggest match of your career yep and then after that so you obviously get a day off yeah. um and then i was playing joe wilfred songer amazing yeah so and they put me on uh i don't know if it was kia arena or one of the big show courts yeah. Mar- margaret. margaret court there you go margaret court um and that's when i was just like walking out on court there i was i could i didn't even know who i was i didn't know what i was doing i was just like so nervous because like i'm walking on with my bag and i'm looking around and i'm like whoa like is this like really me like this is me i'm doing this um would have been a real coming of age moment you were like oh, wow yeah. like i'm not a little boy and this yeah. is real i'm not i'm not dreaming yeah. and this and is so surreal. everything i've worked for so surreal it was just yeah um but it was just you just feel proud of yourself you know it's like you just, you're proud of yourself and there's it's an amazing feeling and whatever the outcome was was just an, an amazing week for me and um just having all my friends and family come down and support and then seeing them happy and it was just like amazing amazing words can't really describe how i felt that day but yeah um and i actually didn't even play that bad because i was super relaxed and loose because yeah, obviously lose. he was i think he was top 10 at the time and um yeah i had nothing to lose and like yeah just it's been a good week and you know just enjoy it literally enjoy it <laughs> Yeah, refreshing. Yeah. Nice perspective to have in a match like that. Um, crazy, crazy. And then you had one more with a big dog. That, that was the following year. The 20, 2018? Yes. Yeah. Open? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then the year after, <clears throat> um, I got a wild card into the Australian Open. Um, I think it was another wild card, pretty sure. Or the playoffs, because I'm not sure if the playoffs... Well, on that year, I can't remember, man. My memory is so bad. Um, anyway, so yeah, I got a wild card, and then I the, waiting for the draw again. Mm-hmm. I just love waiting for the live draw to come out. And David Ferrer came up, Omar Sega versus David Ferrer, and I was like, wow, that's like one guy you do not want to play, you know? Because animal, seriously, like this guy scary, is obviously scary yeah, animal. like unbelievable athlete. Um, and yeah, I. Wasn't really too keen to play him. And I remember we they put us on Kia Arena. I'm pretty sure it was Kia Arena. Surely I've got that one right. Has to be. Is that John Kane? Yeah, John well, Kane, Kia Arena? No. It's uh, a different one. I think a different. John Kane is the big court though. Yeah. So they had the buggies out ready for to call us out to court. And I remember he had his headphones on. And he this guy had like 15 coffees. He was like so amped. Like... Just like dancing around, yeah. And I'm like sitting on the back of the bug. I'm just like, shit, this is going to be like tough to beat. And I was just like so happy to be there. And like I knew this guy's, you know, David Frey. He's been on the tour for so long, one of the oldest players. and But he's still one of the fittest players on tour. So I knew it was going to be tough. But like I told myself, I'm just going to go out there and enjoy. And this one was probably one of the toughest matches I've played. Because um, just like from point one, I knew this guy was not going to go away. And it was just so tough for me to... Beat him. I'm pretty sure he snipped me. Um, yeah, he demolished me. So mm. that was the end of that, and <laughs> it was back to back to the drawing board for me. Yeah, yeah. So after that, you had a bit of a break from tennis. That like, would would have just been like a lot a combination of just so much pressure yep. and just events and things happening. How did you handle that sort of break? Um, and what was that like? Did you have some really heavy reflection period? Did it make you think about what you wanted for your life? And, and how did you maybe start that journey again, coming back? Yeah, to it was tennis? actually, yeah, it was nice to take a little break. Um, 
but yeah, like with I think honestly, with uh, with tennis because it's like we have this conversation all the time, like that it's there's no off season in tennis, so you're constantly all year round playing. Like it's sometimes you do need that little break. It's like Ferrer with fifteen coffees, man. Yeah, it's just <laughs> nonstop, man. Just, that guy needs a break. That guy, um, but he actually took a. I think when he was a bit younger, he stopped playing tennis for a little bit and started working with his dad or something. I think there was like a. <laughs> just imagine him concreting yeah, with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That guy is a concrete. Um, and yeah, but I took a little break and then um, just really stepped away from the game. And um, it was just nice to have a little bit of a um, freshen up. And um, I have this conversation with people all the time saying that sometimes it's okay to take a little break um, as long as you're still keeping fit and still in the tennis world. But yeah, I honestly enjoyed my time off and it was nice to come back and be fresh. And I mean, these guys have all been still grinding so like seeing everyone just so disheveled and just like still grinding is just like crazy. But yeah, I've just come in as this like fresh kid. So mm. I'm like full of life now, full of energy and ready to keep grinding. It's kept that spark alive for you. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. maybe you think some of these other guys that have just kept grinding, they just look like they have been grinding yeah. and then they're tired and they're yeah. maybe a little bit bitter. And yeah, just... yeah. Because like all the flying stuff, it's not easy, you know, every week. And they've obviously haven't taken a break they haven't taken a break at all so they've just been playing 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 mm. and obviously when you do something for so much and for so long it gets a little bit boring and you know you lose motivation so but each to their own you know mm-hmm. um i wouldn't change my break at all um i mean everything happens for a reason i think yeah 100 percent. yeah well, do you think that happened for you to have that time off to i really- think so yeah. yeah, you yeah. feel like you really needed it and almost like saved you in a way. Yeah, 100%. I think so. Otherwise, you maybe you could have like gone down a bit of a maybe a, a path where you, you burnt out and really got maybe quite bitter with the game yeah. in a way. Yeah, I agree for sure. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's tough, man. Mm. It's so tough to be on and almost like you didn't have a childhood because tennis was your childhood exactly right. and then yeah. that, that was almost like an opportunity for you to enjoy your childhood yeah. that you missed in a way yep. just to have a good time and, and hang out with your mates and <clears throat> just catch up almost have like a bit more of a normal life yeah 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 tennis players don't have normal lives yeah it, it's everyone's a bit of a weirdo in yep. any way there's not many normal people on the tour i agree yeah everyone yeah like a, everyone keeps to themselves and everyone keeps to themselves um but yeah once you step away from the game you realize that tennis is like it's it's pretty full on, you know. There's like a lot of like there's a lot of it's pretty like depressing. I don't know. I find it heavy. Like tennis players are pretty heavy and all that stuff. It's just like because they've obviously got so much going on and money, financial issues, and like they've got to support their coach and their girlfriends and all that stuff. And obviously they've got tennis is everything. So if they're not doing well, then they obviously get pretty depressed. But yeah, once you step away from the game, it's like it's like this like weight off your shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, I think tennis players just need to understand that there is more to life than just smacking a tennis ball over the yeah. net, you know? 100%. That's what I've liked talking to Callum, Dane and yourself this week is I feel like you guys get that. Mm-hmm. And you're pushing and you're grinding and you're really working towards your goals and your dreams, but you're not taking it so seriously and, and um, just so full on in that that journey where you can't enjoy yourselves and just be genuine and and unique in your own way yeah um because i feel like a lot of tennis players struggle with that how how have you found that balance is it just not taking it so seriously from coming back like how have you kept kind of that that spark that kind of 
that little kid energy where you just you're you're, you're funny you're taking the piss a little yeah, bit yeah. but you're also training hard and really like working as well at the same yeah. time um well i was actually really fortunate last year to have my girlfriend hannah travel with me um and over the years when i was on tour i never really it was just hotel courts hotel courts so never really going to a country it was just hotel courts when there's all this stuff going around you know i'd never really ventured out and wanted to go check out stuff because just didn't really know how to do it you know mm -hmm. but having my girlfriend there last year was actually so awesome because she would want to go see all these things and obviously i'd go with her and it was just nice to take my mind off the tennis court so it was just a good balance um it's all about balance yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um i know hannah hates the balance but <laughs> um yeah it was actually super it was like i said like it's just so nice to step away from um just the tennis court and actually go venture out and there's so many cool things to see around the world you know when you travel and i think tennis players don't get the opportunity because they're just so zoned in and locked in but sometimes you need to just venture out and take a day off and yeah. just go sightsee and do all those things taking time off after you finish practice or your match I feel like you can actually elevate your performance yeah. a lot. Yeah. So easy to get stuck in that bubble that like, I need to just like be here and I can't do anything else. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it, that can actually help you relax and because everyone knows how to hit a ball. You just, I feel like need to be relaxed and in the right mindset to exactly. allow, Which allow that to happen so almost better. in a way. Was there any like amazing places that you remember? Uh, that you've loved kind of seeing yeah i thought greece i was gonna say crete crete yeah, looked nuts from what i was seeing yeah crete uh, greece was one of my favorite places just the um uh, the culture yeah like how they live and the food and just everyone's so happy and vibrant and it's just good energy to be around you know and um obviously the weather was good when we were there so it made things even better but um yeah just like the people are just so welcoming and friendly and i just one of my favorite places was greece um yeah even portugal was awesome just like europe is awesome in that way just like how people live with such little money but so happy yeah, yeah exactly it's just amazing very simple kind yeah, of village so mentality simple. in a way so simple yeah business partner theo um is from greece and goes back a fair bit and has just been to all the islands and oh, talks so highly about so just good. like this spot here and this spot here yeah. and just the greek culture in general and how loving they are and how mm. warm they are and just like their smile on their face mm. they just like embrace life and they want to kind of get around you and and have a good time and just show love yeah it seems like a very loving place yeah 100 percent. it's not yeah no like the, obviously people are stressed but you don't see it on people's faces they sort of hide it and everyone's just super happy like in australia i feel like people are more stressed and like just a bit more you know like on edge mm. um compared to europe but yeah it's awesome. Can't wait to go back. Yeah, amazing. How is it having Hannah um, and having someone in your life like that? How has she really transformed and helped your tennis and having someone there? Um, and how is it even having a girlfriend on the tour? Because that would be brutal. Yeah. Um, no, she's helped me um, get to where I am today. Wouldn't be here without her. But yeah, having her last year was so awesome. She did about four or five months with me, which was unbelievable that was my first year uh back on tour um so i wasn't really sure how i was gonna go but i honestly had one of my best years um last year um throughout in my whole career and just having her there was so nice because like i said it was nice to focus on business but also pl pleasure at the same time at uh outside the tennis court and just having that her was awesome mm. memories that you guys will never forget 
Are you just, asking me what memories? Or no, it's in, it's oh, in like yeah, memories yeah. you'll never forget from, from that experience. Yeah, unbelievable. How do you manage that though? Like being on the road, having her, but then not having her, managing yeah. kind of like just random phone calls, different time zones. Yeah. It'd be tough, man. It is tough. I mean, like everyone, like with I think every athlete that's got a partner back at home, it obviously knows how hard it is, but you got to see the bigger picture it's like short-term pain long-term gain you know Mm -hmm. um so if you can just try and stick it through there's obviously going to be hard days it wouldn't be life would be boring if it was just easy days you know so Mm -hmm. i think um yeah just gotta you just gotta manage obviously the time zones are so hard in europe and america so it's you just gotta make time and make these little sacrifices and i mean it's just hopefully you guys see the bigger picture and you work together i mean that's what a whole relationship is you know just working together and yeah that seems strong yeah that seems like the only way that if you don't kind of talk about the bigger picture absolutely then know that well yeah i just got to do this now for us mm-hmm. and it's just part of the job and i don't really have a choice but like this is where we're going together and exactly. just having those open robust conversations all the time mm-hmm. would just keep it alive otherwise if you're not having that then people would be like nah pushing the fuck it button guy what's the point here i'm not yeah, sticking around like, exactly yeah. i don't see any longevity here yeah yeah hmm which is tough, obviously, you know, but you just got to, it's all you can really do is just keep pushing through and just communicating. I think communication is one of the biggest things in, in life and in a relationship. I think it's the biggest thing for sure. So if you guys have good communication and trust, then you guys will go a long way for sure. Did she know much about tennis before? Did she? Yeah. Um, not a whole lot, not too much. Um, so she was coming into a, into a new world a little bit. Um, what does she think about it? Because that would have been a, sh- a steep learning curve for her because learning about what goes on in the tennis world, if you don't know it, is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, well, obviously for her, it was just like, yeah, like you said, mind-blowing. But also she loves being around like athletes and just seeing like everyone's goals and determination. It's like, it's motivating, you know? Um, and having her at the AO this year and just seeing all the big players and how they act and go about their day, it's just like, it's, it's so nice for her to see what goes into a life of a tennis player. I think it's awesome for everyone, you know, when you're actually around that. Like you said this week, it's just good to see everyone's focus and how people um, go about their days. Just to, like, you know, there's a few top 100 players here um, in this tournament, which is awesome for us to see. And I think it helps everyone that's not ranked there to see what it takes and all those things for sure. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about just some key memories, some matches. Are there any kind of like turning points in your career with some matches or some moments or times where you feel like, you know, you're starting to shift to a new level where you start to really break through something mentally? Is there anything kind of stand out in those areas? Um, I think over the years, I, um, I think I've, I wouldn't say mastered my game, but I've, develop a better mentality for myself on the court um i think when i was a bit younger i wasn't really thinking too much on court because tennis is such a mental sport that it's i've only just started realizing that in the last few years and i think when i was a bit younger i didn't really wasn't really wasn't all there with my thinking but yeah tennis when you step on a tennis court there's so many different things that can go through your head but just trying to channel in on court and into the match and just try and block out as many um, things as you can. I've really started to do that a lot better and actually enjoyed um, the process of being in a match 
and just trying to work out it's like a chess game you know mm. you try and work out your opponent and what they what they do and you try you got to be the best player you can as well so i think over the years i've gotten a lot better at that um yeah and i think now going into next year it's just been getting better and better so i'm happy with the way i've been going lately and mm -hmm. yeah i think i've really channeled in my inner thoughts for sure for sure is anything that helped you with that or is it just like a natural maturing process i or? probably would say maturing yeah um yeah i think everyone matures at different ages it, um but yeah i would say mature mm. for sure when you're playing your best how are you playing like when omar's just flying how would you describe <laughs> him in in his matches and in and his form just super loose and probably i've got a bit of uh bit of hop in my step um yeah i don't know just when i feel pretty confident after a few i've won a few matches or i think i just play super loose and everything's going well and i know that i don't know i actually don't know but like you're not a big guy so like how you find different ways to win points if if you're not having like these big serve big yeah. crushing forehands like yeah. some of these guys that like six foot five for example uh, do you have to be more creative? Like, are you coming to the net? Are you really trying to bring in some some slice yeah. and some drop shot, well, craft a bit more? Yeah, because I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. So I think a lot of guys don't like playing left-handers. Mm -hmm. So if you can try and make the match as awkward as possible for them, they will hate that. And yeah, I mean, because I'm not, I'm not a big guy. So I try to do the best with what I've got and my tools um, with every player. You know, every player's got their own set of tools and they try and work out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And once you master that, I think you can be a good player. But yeah, for me, I think it's just like using what I have, my lefty slider and, you know, my, my hands, I can come in and um, I play pretty quick, I would say. Um, rush players. Um, take, away, take away time from them. and A little bit more like close to the baseline, taking the ball yeah, early, trying absolutely. to like counter punch a bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all mental as well. You know, it's just mm. sticking in there and being fit. Um, there's no really secrets yeah. to being, being good. You know, it's a lot of hours on court. and yeah. Because with your game style, you'd have to be super fit. Yeah, 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 for sure. And try to outwork. Exactly. And so similar to Dane for, uh, as well. Like, yeah. you guys got to be super fit. Absolutely, super and, fast and just obviously anticipate probably a little bit better than these bigger guys because um, they don't have to move that much because they're mm. so big, their steps are big. But, um, yeah, probably anticipation has to be pretty big. Mm. Um, are there any areas of your game that you're trying to get better that you go like, no, nah, I want to really lock in and doing this better in the next kind of like year to, to elevate or yeah. make tweaks yeah. to, to get I think, yeah, higher. I think there's always room for improvement. Um, little tweaks, probably just developing a bigger game, I think, and trying to get more free points on my serve and using my legs. Um, could get a bit stronger. I mean, there's always little tweaks yeah. that you can do in your game. It's all one percenters now. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah, nothing really doing... massive you can yeah, change yeah, at this yeah. point. I think everyone's pretty similar in the levels, like you said earlier. Um, there's not much from challenges to the ATP. Obviously, it's like the one percenters. Mm -hmm. But the game is relatively pretty similar, you know. Mm -hmm. Everyone's good these days. Everyone's strong and everyone's fit. So, yeah, the game's just gotten better over the last few years for sure. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy how good people are, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's training better. Everyone's training smarter. Using technology better. Yeah. Better coaching. It's yeah, all. It's all. It's all ramping up. Yeah. Were there any um big matches this year like that stand out? The for maybe good ones, bad ones. Um, this year, this year has been a bit of a tough year for me. Um, not the best year. I mean, last year was 
it's tough to top last year's off because I was went won quite a few tournaments. But this year was definitely a learning um, curve for me. Um, I've learned a lot about myself and in my game, and going to take that all into twenty twenty four for in, sure. So in I'm what ex- way? What have you? What have you kind oh, of? I just think the mental side year. of things and what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Um, I'm doing the small things better now, as in pre match, after match. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking yeah. that a bit more seriously, whereas yeah. maybe before not as much. Absolutely, or? yep. Just seeing, obviously, being around these guys have made made me realise what it actually takes because um, mm-hmm. I've been around this level a bit more now and seeing all the big players. Because um, I was in Shanghai a few weeks ago mm-hmm. in the Masters, I got into the Masters. I was very very fortunate to play that and just see the level that goes on there and the people they've got their own teams and just like what goes in to mm-hmm. making to the top levels insane. Mm-hmm. What What do you think works for you? Um, quite clearly and what do you think doesn't work for you yeah I think um, just being relaxed for me and trying to enjoy I think when I'm too tense and I think about it too much it never really goes my way and I can't enjoy myself Mm -hmm. I think when I'm relaxed and I tell myself everything will be okay regardless or win or lose like it's a long year and I think people don't realize that in tennis you lose every week you know you've got to be a good loser which is hard for some people like you lose what 80 90 percent of the time you know, as a tennis player. So you've got to be okay with losing every week. You know, you can't win every tournament. But as long as you're consistent, I think, and you win a few matches each tournament, I think that's what that's what you should really be focusing on, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're Alcaraz and Djokovic and winning every second tournament. But yeah. like this level, you know, it's just like, you've got to be a good loser, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> yeah, really humbling in that way. Mm. It's the truth, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and people don't realise that you're losing. It's only one winner in one tournament exactly. every week. and one everyone. winner. <laughs> Yeah, and you can lose back-to-back tournaments week after week and you're travelling from country country mm-hmm. to country and that's that's tough, man. Yeah, like I was in Europe this year and lost four first rounds, five first rounds in a row and it was, that's when... You start asking some yeah, big questions, and man. You, and you start to try and change some stuff in your game when you shouldn't be changing because yeah. you think you're not... But it's just the players are good and you've had a bad match and I was like, they were all three setters. Yeah. So I wasn't really... I was just losing and I was trying to change too much by the sixth week and... I just lost my mind, you know. I was like, don't yeah. want to be here. And it's just, so just going to keep pushing. It will change. So easy to go down that rabbit hole, man. Mm, it is like tough. Like, once you yeah. lose a few in a row. Because you might not even be doing, like you said, like playing bad. But you just feel like you need to change something. Where it's like, no, I just need, to, just need to keep going, keep going, keep going. And just, yeah, make little tweaks. And then maybe take a couple key opportunities that yeah. come come my way in, in yeah. some moments. And be mm. a bit braver. Um, yeah. and just yeah back myself in on some of those moments rather yeah. than maybe yeah, because when you lose cautious. like if you lose first round you've got a whole week to wait which is so annoying it's so many days you know because obviously we train our whole life and we want to play so when we have to train again it's just like so annoying and then like losing first round then you got a week losing first round you got a week like it's just too much thinking time yeah as well. exactly right and like obviously the money situation you're not yeah. making that much money so then you've got to spend money on hotels and it's mm. just like you said, it can go down a really bad path, but that's when it's good to have someone travel with you so you can take your mind off things and yeah. have a friend to travel. But if you're by yourself, like I was this year, it's not tough. many Aussies there either. It was just... But that's the financial side, man. Like, it's expensive to travel with someone and it's exactly. it's hard. And then they've got to sacrifice almost like their time and what they're doing with their life to go <laughs> with you. Yeah. Like for Hannah, exactly. for example. Like, like she's got to stop her she, life. And, yeah, she's you know? she's working, man. Exactly. It's, it's tough. She can't just like, drop everything all the time unless like she has a job that it allows you yeah. to be on the road. But finding that's tough as well at the same time. Mm. So how are you going with the financial side, man? Like, 
how is it you've pretty much been at challenger level all year right yeah and played maybe yeah. just a couple futures yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how is it now at the challenger level? Can you get by at that level? What, what's it? What's the kind of financial structure for you at that uh, at this level? Um, this year has probably been a bit better um, because I think they've upped the prize money in the challenges. Um, so the money is actually pretty decent to win the whole thing. I think it's like I mean it all varies, but like to win a challenge now it's probably be like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars Australian dollars. Yep. Yep. Um, but like, if let's say if you're to lose, just first. sorry, buddy. Just context for the Playford. Yeah. Playford, the prize money is ten thousand eight hundred. US. Oh, right. is that US? Yeah. yeah. So it's not in it's, US. Okay, so it's yeah. never an Australian. No. Okay. Yeah, it's okay, US. Cool. USD. So yeah. whatever that is will probably be what. Like fifteen, maybe. Fifteen, sixteen. Version. Uh, I don't know what it is. To, um, ten thousand eight hundred to to US. 10,000 USD. To is that pretty standard? Like well, because it's, I think it's at 75. Okay. Yep, yep. So it's 75. And there's obviously different levels. It's 50, 75. Seven, 17 grand. Okay. 17,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this obviously to win this year, this week is 17,000 mm. Aussie dollars. But um, the, as the level goes high, obviously more money and more mm. money. But yeah, to answer your question, probably it's been okay. Probably just getting by. Definitely not in a position where I would say I was profiting mm-hmm. um yeah won't be buying a lamborghini this year but maybe next year <laughs> maybe next year brother. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think the structure needs to change like um yes and no um i'd probably say they could probably add a bit more prize money i mean the top level is the money needs to get pushed down a little bit i think because i've had this conversation with multiple multiple people about you probably know where i'm going with this just like 230 ranked Australian tennis player compared to hockey player, AFL player, like the, the amount of conversations we've had like this. <laughs> it's just like I'd be on such a good contract if I played AFL. That I'd Lamborghini rank- would be in your oh, driveway yeah, for sure. I'd have two different yeah, colors, yeah. all of it. Um, it's just and play less weeks. You know, I can spend more time with family. I can create a. It's just um, yeah, it's just tough in that way. I don't know. The, don't know if I chose the wrong sport or. Dude, you're playing 11 months of the year. You don't see your friends and your family and you have no Lamborghini. And if you're you're playing, if you're an NFL athlete, you play what, like four months, five five months? Something like that. I don't know. And you're a multi-millionaire and you have so much time off. Who would be the 270th ranked NFL player, do you think? Or basketball player? Who knows, but you're still earning so much money. It's just... And they stay in the States, you know, they're playing at home. Like we have to travel away from home. Like us Aussies have to be away from home for six, seven months, like you said. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. Six, seven months. Um, yeah, just... just no, not, words. <laughs> no words. No words. No words. Good, thanks. How about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing well, buddy. Yeah. yeah, brutal, man. So, yeah, moving forward here, what's what's kind of like the plan... After these tournaments, like leading into next year, what have you got your kind of like eyes on? Mm. Do you, are you a chance for Aussie Open? Um, yeah, so the, the plan for me is now I've got, I'm going to Sydney, flying to Sydney today. Um, and then I will go to Japan for a few more weeks to finish off the season. Um, try and finish. I would love to finish ideally inside 200. Um, so I've got about five weeks left, five tournaments, yeah. um, which is very doable. Um, I how think do you, sorry, but in how do you go about 
that without putting pressure like i need to be inside the 200 because that well, that's a that's a fine balance yeah i think now i've sort of uh just accepted the fact that this year is almost finished and sort of um been okay with whatever happens this year we'll go into next year with obviously it's such a big year next year so you've got time to improve and i've just told myself that it's okay whatever happens just go out and enjoy myself and um yeah i'll just enjoy myself and then play these five weeks and take some time off spend some time with family and friends and my girlfriend and just get ready for next year i'm not sure if i'm a chance for ao i'm just gonna have to prove myself in the next few weeks and just that's all i can really do you know oops mm. um but yeah hoping to have a pretty good 2024 um that's all you can really do and just get ready and enjoy yeah yeah and how's the body feeling as an athlete where are you at with your body you still feel like you're just like getting better and better and stepping into your prime as an athlete yeah i think so for sure i think um i've never had really any big injuries um um so yeah i'm pretty happy with the way my body has been going um like I said, no injuries, which has really taken me out of the game for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just going to keep doing what I'm doing and um, just keep trying to enjoy it for sure. Yeah, nice. Do you do more gym workouts? Are you trying to get more into the gym while you're playing on tour just to kind of like get your athleticism going to a new level? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got um, my cro- my program now. So I'm based in Brizzy now and I'm working with the guys in Brizzy um, mm-hmm. and I tap into Melbourne I'm originally from Melbourne so mm-hmm. whenever I go to Melbourne I've got people in Melbourne as well which is super helpful uh, for me and they look after my body uh, pretty well so I think that's just them. as you get old obviously there's more things that go into your program mm-hmm. injury prevention stuff so you just got to keep on top of those things and I just tell myself it's only an hour of the day yeah. to keep the body going you know yeah, and sure. I think the game now has changed where you can play until you're like 35 36 you know um, so as long as you can keep your body in check and in shape, I think you can keep going for a long time. Mm, absolutely. On the road, are you doing <clears throat> some gym and trying to keep that going? Yeah, absolutely. That would be, be hard, man. Yeah, yeah. But as long as you've got these little programs that don't require too many... Because um, you, you can do body weight stuff and yeah. have bands you travel with and all that stuff that keep your body in check. But sometimes, like like I said, like it's tough to find... Like these gyms in Europe aren't the best sometimes. So you've got to work with what you've got at the end of the day. But... Um, you can always do stuff in your hotel room that will keep you, you know, fit and um, little exercises for sure. There's always a way. Absolutely. You've got to find a way as a tennis yep, player. That sure. grind is real. Yeah, absolutely. Any ultimate goals? <clears throat> Obviously, like, there's some key ones in my mind that would stand out, but, like, where is your mind at of where you want, where you would like maybe the next couple of years to go? Yeah, I would like to break into the top 100 next year. Um I'm 27 next year, um, so I think 27's always been my favourite number. I'm not sure why, so I'm just going to stick with that and um, hoping something good comes out of it. But yeah, I'd ideally like to make a living for myself next year and hopefully have a few more sponsors under my belt. And um, mm. yeah, maybe that Lamborghini would be nice at the end of next year. Um, but yeah, no, just just would like to break into the top hundred and yeah. seeing so many Aussies now break into the top hundred has been pretty inspiring for us Aussie tennis players and um, our Aussie future so it's it's good to see um, that it's very possible Mm. just to put your head down and work for a whole year you can definitely get there Um, but yeah yeah. then the momentum starts to like roll absolutely like you you get some sponsors you start to get some better results you get some more money coming in then like you can actually make more moves you can get a coach traveling with you you can get uh, maybe Hannah traveling with you more 
you can get access to more people, more things, and Absolutely. it just becomes easier. Exactly, exactly. Once you get the ball rolling, for sure, you've just got to be consistent, I feel like. You've just got to play, you've got to tell yourself, it's just one year, just put your head down and just knuckle down, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's what it takes, it's just putting your head down. And all these Aussies have done that. Like Rinky, um, excuse me, um, Rinky's just had an unbelievable year. You know, he's put his head down, and he's always been such a workhorse, and Koobs as well, and Oaks. You know, you don't you don't see much of these guys because they're just so locked in and focused. But that's what it takes, you know, mm-hmm. to get to where where they are now. It's just amazing and tr- truly inspirational. Yeah, it shows the proof there. Like you see it, you see what they're yeah, exactly. and then they actually get the, those results and it checks out. Yeah, You're but like, like behind the scenes, like Oaks, like he's just such a workhorse. You know, goes to dinner by himself, but just like super focused and mm-hmm. you know just day in day out. Well, I mean, it's, it's crazy because he had that third round. It was a third round of the US where he got a set off Medvedev. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I see the next day he's in China and he's the number one seed for a challenger. Yeah. And playing yeah. a challenger two days later when it's like you don't need to play a challenger. Absolutely. You just earned so much money yeah. in the US and had almost like career high ranking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just gone to a challenger. It's like, yeah, guys are nuts, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the flight, it's not easy either. You know, it's, a couple, it's, it's like overnight flight, you know, so it's just like crazy to see. But yeah, he just wants to keep going and he's in a good routine. So it's just good to see. But also helps us seeing all that stuff, you know. Um, so obviously, yeah, credit to him. Unbelievable guy. And yeah, just truly a workhorse. Um, and congrats to all these guys that have broken to the top 100 this year. You know, it's it's what you work for, for mm. sure. No, that's uh, that's good good perspective from you man and just mad respect to all these guys and mm. it's good to see you guys all like motivating each other and yep. wanting the best for each other and i think australian tennis and australian tennis culture is in a good place and going to a better place yeah absolutely and it's not like we need to like spend every day with these guys but like a few messages everyone shoots each other messages you know good job when you win a tournament or you do well it's just mm. that goes a long way just like one little message you know 100 mm. so man. yeah for sure we love to see it man absolutely Mad respect, bro. Um, appreciate you coming down. Love what you're about. You I love me, just. I love that you just keep it funny, keep it chill, <laughs> but also get to work. You're not so yeah. serious. Uh, you're an absolute clown. <laughs> it's hilarious to be around you, bro. You're, yeah, you're like a Thanks, breath brother. of fresh air in, in this space because there's so many robots, let's say, that are somewhat on the spectrum yeah. in the tennis space that uh, it's it's hard to have just normal light banter with some of these guys and there's if i was to say one thing there's a lot of there's a lot of worse things to be to be in the world you know and there's a lot of shit going on in the world and i think that there's you know being down a break point is actually not that bad compared to (laughs) what what is going on in the world so i mean completely agree man 100 percent uh that's factual information and yeah you live that and I think a lot of people could take something from that um, because, yeah, people take it so seriously and maybe can't see outside of their little bubble sometimes. Sure. So, mm-hmm. no, nah, mad respect. And, yeah, we just wish you all the best, man. We want to see you do well. And uh, we're always, like, rooting for you. And, yeah, just want to see you just get to those goals that you want to get to and take me for a spin in that Lambo, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, brother. Thank Thanks you. for coming down Appreciate today. It. Thank you.